0: Hey listeners, it's Andrea. Today, Worf does the honorable thing, but also doesn't. Jordy pulls a data and won't stop talking about his off switch. And we ask the question, what the hell, Worf? Stay tuned.
1: Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice. Hey, I'm your co-host, Andrea. Today we're talking Season 3, Episode 7, entitled
0: The Enemy. This episode was written by David Kemper and Michael Piller and directed by David Carson. It is star date 43349.2. Geordi LaForge is lost on an away team mission to a hostile planet where the Enterprise detected a downed Romulan shuttle. While unable to communicate with the ship, Geordi encounters a wounded Romulan Centurion, Bokra, who takes him prisoner. Meanwhile, in sickbay, Dr. Crusher attempts to revive a dying Romulan and is led to Worf, who's the only person with a compatible blood type that can save him. Bum, bum, bum.
1: Mm-hmm. Cherise, how did you feel about this episode? Um, Overall, I was really excited to have another Geordie heavy episode. Right. Following last week's episode where it was Geordie heavy. And I was mm-hmm. a little bit like, wait, did they do that? Is that allowed? Can we do character <laughs> development on two cha- on the same character twice in a row that's not the captain? And mm-hmm. apparently we can. I was very happy with this episode. It taught me a lot about Jordy I didn't know. And I had so many questions. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, wait. So we'll get to that as we kind of go through the, <laughs> through the beat by beat. But that's kind of my overall. What about you? Um,
0: I said it last week and I'll say it this week. These are fantastic like character development episodes. Usually the episodes that develop character don't have a great plot because they're mm-hmm. focused so much on the character development. And this mm-hmm. is an episode much like last week's where like the plot is fantastic. The acting is spectacular. Mm-hmm. The sets and costumes, oh, the so makeup, good. <laughs> you know, the visual effects, all of it is just the science, you know, is all, all of it is like a plus mm-hmm. and you have character development, which I love. Um, I will also say, I don't remember this episode at all like Mm -hmm. not beginning middle and you know sometimes like we said last week we didn't remember what the plot was but we're like oh it's a leah brahm's holodeck episode okay that's that's Mm -hmm. cool Mm -hmm. but this one the entire time i was like i don't know how (laughs) jory's gonna get out of this i don't know what the (laughs) fuck is happening with these romulans like i I, why are they on this planet like Mm -hmm. wow like all of it was like question marks from beginning all the way to the end yes and Mm -hmm. i loved it i you know Watching all of Star Trek TNG, I know that Jordy had to have like gotten out of his predicament because clearly he's in like later episodes. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't remember how he did. I was like,
1: I this it felt like such a treat to have like a completely new episode.
0: Mm-hmm. To watch that felt I loved it. I was
1: really happy. yeah. It's very it's like it's not a memorable episode. There's nothing about no. it that stands out. To, for like the Leah Brahms episode where you're like, it's yeah. the Leah Brahms, you know, you remember the love story and mm-hmm. other stuff happened, but the love story, mm-hmm. there's nothing really in this story that stands out. This kind of reminds me of who watches the watchers where there's nothing about it where you're like, ah, oh, I'm going to remember, remember this forever. I can't wait to watch it again. However, it's like <laughs> okay. done very well and beautiful, just beautifully crafted. Like yes, yes a plus to everybody for the scenes, the decorations, the monster makeup, like just everything was done so well. To where, like, even though it's not memorable, it you can't really complain about anything either. Yeah. Right. So I don't know what would have made this stand out more. I'm not sure. But I have nothing to complain about with this episode. I think it was yeah. very beautiful to watch. Very cool. Um, I like the plot. We see the Romulans again and we get a whole Romulan episode this time. Instead yeah. of them just kind of like being shadowy figures that we see on the view screen from time to time. So, yeah. That we even got character development of the Romulans. That was kind of cool. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: All right. Well, let's just jump right in then. Um, The episode opens right in the middle of the action, which I love. Mm -hmm. Riker, Worf, and Geordi are in a storm on the surface of a very hostile looking planet and setting up like pattern enhancers to beam themselves out of there. And they have this 12 minute beam out window before the storm gets like too severe. Um, And they find the wreckage of a Romulan ship or shuttle or something. Mm-hmm. And they're like Romulans in Federation space. Like they're smack dab in the middle of Federation space. There's no reason rom- Romulans should be there.
1: Yeah. And they're not totally in the middle. They're like five hours away from the neutral zone. So they're closest to Romulan space. Yeah. But they're yeah. definitely for sure, 100%. Like you are in Federation inside. territory. Yes. Yep. They're yep. like you're not like it. a stone throw from the neutral zone like before. Like they're in it. And yeah, you're like, you like, what are y'all, what are y'all doing here? Yeah. You <laughs> okay. had to purposely get like in to Federation space and, and then, then they fly crashed in our space for hours in order yeah. to crash here. Right. For hours. <laughs> you didn't just like, you know, something <laughs> happened in the neutral zone. You spun out and you like put a toe over the line. Yeah. Like, for yeah. hours, you guys were flying over here mm-hmm. in order to crash on this planet. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. 100%. So they are in Federation space. There's this wreckage. And here's something. It, Riker's mistake is like, okay, we can barely hear or see each other over this huge storm. Let's split up because our window is closing. And I wrote, maybe don't split up in a storm where you're all by yourself.
1: And Jordy falls into a pit. Like immediately. I was like, yeah, damn it, Jordy Come yeah, on. So it starts with like, they can't, Worf's sensors can only pick up five meters in front of them, which I had yeah. to Google how far that is. And I think it was like Eight feet or something—I don't remember, but whatever. Five meters—that's five times it is fifteen feet. Okay, fifteen feet. So they can't. So the the scanners can only see just a little bit away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and um, Jordy though can see further through his visor. So the first thing that Riker says is Jordy, what do you see? And I was just like, oh, I love this, right? Where he's like, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing that. Oh, I'm seeing something reflective over there, something conductive, um, over there. So they walk over there and then they see the the hull of some shuttle, some Romulan shuttle, and they're like, uh oh what's going on because yep. they, they arrived to this planet. We find out later because they heard a distress signal and they are yes. responding to it. And they have this little window to zip down there, check out who who's there, help them and then zip back to the ship. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Riker has this great idea. Let's all split up and <laughs> in a storm. Yeah. And let's <laughs> rendezvous in 12 minutes and where are their watches? I don't know, but somehow they know right. how long yep. Yep. the time is. This is my Thank first you. thinking, That's a good like, point. how do they know how long? I don't know. Somehow they know this. Maybe they've got internal chronometers like data, and so they kind of split (laughs) up. Yeah, and immediately Jordy falls into this pit, and that was like a terrifying fall. Yes, I mean, yes, it it was was so so far down. I was like, that stunt double should have broken some stuff. Yeah, that
0: stunt double. I don't know if it was a stunt double or not, but I'm assuming that stunt double got the shit beat out of him when he fell down that well or that hole. It was so such a rough landing. Um, I'll tell you, I have a puppy. She's growing like crazy and she gets the zoomies when she's out in the yard and she zoomed up behind me. And now she's five months old and like 50 pounds and took my legs out from under me. And my one leg like went flying up in the air and I was able to sort of catch myself and I fell and I landed on the ground, but kind of in slow motion. Like I kind of caught myself as I went down. So it was very gentle, like landing. That's not what this was. (laughs) Just Jordy, like of that. face planted mm-hmm. hard 10 meters down a well into like two inches of muddy water. And I, yes, when I watched that too, I was like, Oh
1: my God, that looked like a really bad fall. Yes. I bought it. Compl- I totally bought it. 100%. Totally bought it. And, and Worf is kind of like going through these like rocky crags and we see all this fog and the lightning Ooh, yeah. and the sound yeah. effects and I was like, I know this is probably the same set that they used all of season one and two whenever they go to Rocky Planets, but oh my <laughs> word, it looks so good. Like, yes, I was like, and they've got, they've got, uh, Worf's hair is just being whipped by the wind. Yes, like, yeah, you know, Riker's yes. hair is not being touched at all by the wind, but <laughs> Worf's hair is being whipped by the wind. And he's just like, you know, and then he comes across this Romulan who's, yep, out and he's like, Commander, Commander. And somehow, even though they split up, Riker can still hear him Yep, and comes on, you know, and finds him immediately, even though you can't see in front of you, Yep, <laughs> but he can <finds> him. <laughs> and while Worf is, is kind of looking back to see if Riker's coming, the Romulan comes to and starts to choke out Worf. And then Worf does the famous Klingon punch that like open-handed punch with the palm of yep. your hand. Yep. That's super yep. effective and knocks him out <laughs> immediately. And then they kind of like sling him over the shoulder and they're like, let's get him back to the ship. And, um, gosh, my, my, the only thought I had during all of this was I love this set. I love yes, this yeah. I was not even in the story of like, what's going on with the Romulans and whatever. Cause I don't know so far Romulans are just not that interesting, but no, I think they're shadowy, they're mysterious figures. Yes. Yeah. Well, they're, they're not like, I would have been freaked out if that was a Borg. I'd be like, Oh my God, get out of there. Run. You know, yeah, yeah. but with the Romulan, I was like, eh, eh, whatever. I didn't even <laughs> triple the fact that he's in Federation space. I was just like, eh, whatever. They found him like moving on. What's going on with Jordy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's maybe get Jordy out of the well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's so funny. I had a different reaction. I had a hard time reviewing this episode because when I watch an episode, I have to stop and take lots and lots of notes and my, you know, like a blow by blow of what's happening, but also like my take on things and like my, my observations. And this episode was really hard for me to do that because I kept getting sucked into the story because I didn't remember the story at Mm -hmm. all that I was just watching it like a first time viewer, which is such a treat. People who, like me who watch and rewatch their like beloved shows. Like there are no new episodes. Mm -hmm. And so the ones you have, it's like for me in the office, like Mm -hmm. all the ones they made are all the ones they are, you know, that's all there are. And so to find an episode that I'm like, I don't remember this at all. So I'm watching this like a first time viewer. I was so
1: sucked into the story. I, Looked at the timestamp and I was like, "Oh my god, twenty two minutes have passed by and I haven't made a single note. Like this is a problem." <laughs> so tell me, what do you think about when they had to beam back without Jordy? What were your feelings as you watched that? Were you like, "Oh no," or like, "How are they going to find him?" Or what oh were my you gosh, thinking? as soon as they beamed out, I was like, "No." Oh, that's what I felt because I was like, Jordy is
0: on his own, and he fell into like a pit of muddy, mm-hmm. like water, mm-hmm. and his visor, which totally realistically, like went flying off his, like it got knocked mm-hmm. off of him, and I was like, oh my god, he's kind of doing the splashing around, like the yeah, looking pat, for pat, yeah, pat, mm-hmm. looking for the visor, and he finds it, and my first thought was, that
1: thing's going to be smashed to pieces. That's what I thought.
0: Well, my thought was he picked it up and it was intact. So I was like, okay, that's cool. But my initial thought was, oh my God, this thing is going to be caked with mud. So like the, the like connection is not, it's like, you know, a USB port that gets jammed up with like yeah. dirt. It's yeah. I was like, it's not going to connect. Like what's going to happen. And they kind of just got right around that. And he suddenly he could see, and I was like, oh, damn it. Like, I kind of wanted a little of that, but we mm-hmm. did get him being blinded mm-hmm. later in the episode. We did. So I was like, okay, that it, it worked. Um, yeah. I was immediately Worried for
1: Jordy. I was like, how the hell is he gonna get out of here? Um, and you look and the rock is totally smooth. You're just like, shoot, there's yep. nothing sticking out of the yep. cave for him to just it's easily just climb sort of up. Like, yeah, it's just kind of like ridgy, smooth, slippery bumps. And it's like, there's no getting out of this yeah, place. No one can hear him because there's a huge storm going on, and this storm is going on forever. Yeah. So the beam out window is just enough to beam in and out, but it's not enough to hear somebody calling for help. Yep. So they're just like, like, oh hi. man, what's yep. gonna happen to Jordy? Absolutely. Back on the Enterprise, the medical team is
0: rushing to pick up the wounded Romulan. Mm-hmm. And two things that caught my eye immediately. One, the stretcher is back from the Time Square yes. episode. And it's yes. got cool lights and cool cushions. So it's got a little updates.
1: Mm-hmm. I was like, "Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. They made it look a little bit more floaty than just like a pallet cool. truck. It was very yeah. cool. But also I was like, why didn't they just beam him to sickbay? Thank you, Cherise. Questions that require answers. Wait, there's no there's no need for this stretcher. <laughs> Although, no. I mean, I visually love to see it. and. If this guy is like critical about to die, you can actually beam people anywhere into the ship. Yeah. Just beam well, as, as, we much saw, sick as we saw
0: without giving it away, as we saw later in the episode, they're beaming people onto the bridge. You don't need a stretch. Okay, whatever. But I mean, the stretcher looked cool. And quite <laughs> frankly, those cushions cool. looked so comfy. I was like, I want to be pushed around. And now that looks really nice. <laughs> um, also, Beverly has got some, fabulous hair extension since last week's episode yeah. she had a little bob and all of a sudden her her like hair was down to like the middle of
1: her back mm-hmm. i was like wow, okay and super gorgeous and
0: gorgeous this is the long red luscious beverly crusher hair that we all grew up with i think mm-hmm. it's like oh wow it's like long beverly hair okay this is like she's really mm-hmm. her look is starting to solidify mm-hmm. which sometimes it takes a few seasons to like really pin down that look i know it does for me Right. Me too. I'm but I'm constantly changing my look. So who knows? All right. But on the surface, yeah, Jordy is struggling to figure out where he is. This is one of those few episodes where we get that cool perspective of looking through his visor. We get the Mm -hmm. swirls and the whatever. And we only pink and blue lights. Yeah. Yes. We only see one or two times like through Jordy's visor. And this is one of them. Um, and I thought of you immediately because I know that you really love that.
1: Mm -hmm. I was like, this is really, really, really cool. Um, and you know what's so funny? I don't remember as a kid really caring about his visor. I thought his visor was cool. And like, it helps him to not be blind. And that is all, but as an adult, I am obsessed with his visor and the Mm -hmm. the technology of it. Like, I mean, we now have the technology to do ocular implants where people can get eyes donated from cadavers and they can have like new eyes and they can have new sight. Or if their retinas get detached, we have surgeries that can put them back. Or if there's, you know, part of the eye that the, like, kind of clear part that's not working. We have yep. synthetic clear parts of the eye lenses and stuff that can be surgically input and people can get oh my their God, vision that restored. Is so insane. It's so insane. I was talking to an ophthalmologist once and he was like, yeah, this is like, that's what he does all day is he just restores sight to the blind. And I was like, Oh my you God. You do miracles every single day. I would, and yeah. He was and like, he's like, guess, yeah. Yeah. He was like, I guess it is kind of cool. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Cause I was totally you about like, Cause you know, he <laughs> yes, just, it's he's just, cool. he's been doing this for so long and it's just like his job, but I'm like, these people couldn't see and like, you're giving them sight anyways. So that's spectacular. Like what we can do mm-hmm. now with technology and the thought of having a visor, like some glasses you could put on when you have no sight that suddenly yep. give you infrared sight and you can see conductive materials in rock faces and whatnot. Like I am obsessed with this visor. It is so cool. Can somebody please create that? And I will participate in the GoFundMe because we need a tricorder and we need a visor. Yes, we need that. a tricorder. That's what I'm
0: talking about. <laughs> Maybe let's do tricorder first and then well, I yes. don't know. I guess blind people need to see probably more than we need to scan. But anyway, either way, yes. I want both.
1: Why why yes. would we
0: pick? I want both. Um <laughs> if we're picking two imaginary objects, let's just get both of them. Yeah. Um but yeah, so on the Enterprise, the medical team is trying to bring this Romulan around for a few moments, and Riker asks a few questions. Are you alone? Is there a mothership that mothership that needs to be alerted to your presence? But the Romulan doesn't want to answer any questions, and he fades out really quickly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, God. The only
1: the- thing he will say is, I'm alone. I'm alone. I'm the only yes. one. It's just me. Ugh, and he passes out. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm like, oh, thankfully,
0: Somebody is out here figuring out this Jordy problem and it's Wesley, of course. Mm -hmm, course. And he's like, I can beam like a neutrino pulse down there and it could be detectable by Jordy's visor. And if he finds it, he can modulate it and fire it back to us. So it's like a relay beacon letting us know that we've, you know, he's found our standing right next
1: to the probe. So that will just, we'll just beam him. We'll beam whoever's standing right next to the probe. And that'll kind of get around this sensor ghost problem where we can't tell if a person's there or not. We'll just beam like an area around the probe, beam the whole thing up.
0: Yes. Yeah. And meanwhile, all of this is happening. The Romulans start contacting Picard and they're like, um, we're going to be there in five hours time. We want our crewmen back. He was alone and we'll stop at nothing to get him. And I thought a couple of things. Picard is very adamant about like, you cannot step foot in Rom- in, in Federation space. You just mm-hmm. can't. Mm-hmm. However... If the rules were reversed, you know Picard would go barreling out there to pick up Riker or Geordi or Data or Worf or any of his, Mm -hmm. like, crew. Mm -hmm. There would not be any, like, laws or rules that would, like, really stop. But he he would have a pause. He'd be like, we're really not supposed to do this. I can't in good conscience, like break this treaty or whatever. And mm-hmm. then Riker would scream in the background. He'd be like, I'm coming, Riker. Like that would, mm-hmm. <laughs> that would immediately change his mind. So I really felt for this captain Tomaloc, who was like, I need my crewman back.
1: Like, and yes. So I think if the roles were reversed, I agree with you. Picard would be like, I will stop at nothing to get my missing crewman. And I think Picard was very savvy to know that Romulans don't value their people that much. So mm. this whole "I want to get over there" was more about their secret mission for why the shuttle was in Federation space in the first place, mm-hmm. and more about them not not letting the Federation onto their plan. It wasn't about this guy's life because Picard even says to him, "I appreciate how much you value a single life, but let's not risk hundreds of lives of the people on your ship and mine mm-hmm. by starting some kind of conflict here." Yeah, right. Yeah, because this whole time, Tomalak is saying there was only one crewman. And he's standing on this high horse on his principles of, I've got to get my, my crewman back and you're going to let him die and all this stuff. But he was very adamant about not disclosing the fact that there's a second crewman, which means that if Picard did really rendezvous with Tomaloc's ship at the neutral zone and deliver over his crewman, he would have left that other guy back on the planet to potentially die yeah. without blinking twice. So his whole thing of like a man's life is at stake and blah, blah, blah was total BS. Because he was about to let a man die without even, with no compunction. So yes. I think I agree with you. Like his argument was very sound. And that's what Picard was saying. Like we're between a rock and a hard place because that argument will fly with the Federation. That will fly with yeah. everybody to say, wow, yeah. wow, this this Federation ship just let this guy die mercilessly. But if the roles were reversed, Romulans have no problem letting anybody die, even their own people, if it serves their purposes. Mm. And they could care less about it. So yeah, it was just a really tricky political situation.
0: Mhm. I agree and it shows Picard's diplomatic savvy. I mean, mm-hmm. this is this is the kind of area that I would be absolutely no good in cuz I'm like no you can't fucking have your guy or like yeah, I'm going to go rush into like Romulan space to pick up my guy. Like I'm pretty black and white about mm-hmm. things, and that's what makes me a very poor diplomat. So thank God Picard was at the helm. <laughs> I would have been like, "Fuck this! We're just gonna go get him. Blasters, fire when ready, whatever. Like we're just yeah. gonna go get. We're gonna go get this guy. That's more it.
1: more. Yeah, exactly." <laughs>
0: So meanwhile on the planet, poor Jordy is trying in vain to climb this like slippery rock wall and he fails and slides down. And in this moment, it really struck me how much he relies on his brain and his technology. When he's in engineering, he is a powerhouse. And even mm-hmm. when there are two minutes left until the radiation poisoning is lethal, he is still like working and figuring out solutions. But without all his like machines, he feels really stripped bare. And it's just down to his basic survival instincts. And he doesn't have great ones.
1: (laughs) Well, I don't know. I might disagree with you there because he finds some metal in the cave wall and he sees it through his visor because his visor can apparently pick up conductive materials. That's a new one that we learned. Because why not? Because why not? Because science. And so he (laughs) digs out all these little pieces of metal ore. he creates a little channel in a ditch and when, and he melted down. And my first thought was he was creating like a knife or something. And I was like, I guess he's just going to try to defend himself if there's any wildlife on the planet. I don't know. But then a couple scenes later, you go back to him and he actually created spikes so he could climb up this kind of smoothish face of the cave wall. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that is genius. that what he was
0: doing? God, I must that's have exactly missed that part. What he
1: did. Yeah. He melted a bunch of metal and he made two spikes, like one for each hand, mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. like tent pegs or something. Yes. And yeah. he used them to climb all the way up the mountain, like totally campused it, no feet. And, um, yes. just like an ice, an ice rock climber ice or climbing, something, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. And he climbs up all the way out of the cave, which was what, it was super long. What would you say? 10 meters? It was a very long climb. You I couldn't know, have done it. I must have completely missed that part because I'm like, yeah, how did he get out of that?
0: Well, I
1: thought he yeah. found like some sort of exit out, you know, the backside no, that was like he, a cave. He melted That's it with his phaser. Okay. He shaped it. I you He cooled know what? it I in that little muddy pond or it just cooled by itself. I don't know how it cooled by itself, but it did. It just turned blue and it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, so he climbs out and then he gets onto the top and he's like panting because he just climbed this 10 meter hole. Mm-hmm. And then the next time we come back to him on the planet, he's again, rock climbing, but this time, like this smooth faced rock, that's kind of got a waterfall going down it into some yeah. lake. And I'm like, yeah. how did he even get, how did he even get there? Where is this? <laughs> but somehow he's on this thing. And I'm like, so this is where I had my questions. I was like, since when is Jordi a rock climber and how did his forearms get so strong? Yep. And I was like, it's from typing yep. all day because I type all day and I can't do any of this. Um, so I felt like his survival skills were pretty on point in this really hostile environment. He's climbing everything you could see and he's he doesn't have climbing shoes. He doesn't have gear. He's wearing his uniform and his boots. And he's just like, I was like, he's going into that lake. He's totally going, oh, he didn't go into the lake. He almost did, but he didn't. I right? Climb through that again. And I was like, okay, see, I, I don't, what the heck was I, I must've run to the restroom and not realized I didn't hit pause
0: or something. Cause I missed that whole scene where he's, I did see him melting down some like little ore pieces, mm-hmm. but then the next thing I remember he's finding Wesley's neutrino beam. So I was
1: like, huh, there is, I guess there's a little bit of a gap there. <laughs> so after he climbs the waterfally rock, then he sees the neutrino beam and he's like, what is that? A stable neutrino beam. And then he's He's like, like, Oh, Wesley. Yes.
0: By the way, it bothers me the way he says Wesley's name, Wesley. Like it has a Z zine. he's like, Oh, Wesley. I was like, motherfucker, it's Wesley. And you know it. Don't call him (laughs) Wesley. How dare you? You know me. I'm all the boy. It's the boy. (laughs) That's true. Okay. Here's I think a really underrated and terrifying scene. When he sees Wesley, not Wesley's concentrated neutrino beam and he starts walking toward it, the camera pans down to Jordy's feet and he started stumbling towards it. And out of behind like some rocks, you see another set of feet mm-hmm. coming towards Jordy. And I was like, "What?" out! Like I immediately was mm-hmm. like, oh my God. Because I don't remember watching this episode ever, I had no idea that was coming. And it honestly scared the shit out of me. And I was like, oh my God. You know, I immediately was so scared. <laughs> For Jordy, and then mm-hmm. bam, Jordy gets pistol whipped and knocked out. And I was like,
1: "Damn it!" <laughs> yes, he gets hit on the head with a rock, and then the Romulan takes his phaser, and it's like, "Man, this is gonna be the second time Jordy gets shot with his own phaser." <laughs> that sucks. That's true. Can we get some this- security training? Hello, <laughs> hello.
0: Also, the second time in as many minutes in this episode that he's eating dirt because he's taking yeah. a really hard fall. I'm like, "Oh God!" Yeah. So, um when he comes to this romulan is holding him hostage and to me the romulan sounds and looks way more like a Ferengi than a Romulan one mm-hmm. he's like squawking orders at Geordi mm-hmm. he's yelling outward threats and you know the Romulans are much more sophisticated and subtle mm-hmm. they're like it would be a shame if something were to happen but he's not mm-hmm. like I'm gonna carry out you know like that was a lot of that and then mm-hmm. he's squatting for Christ's sake which the Ferengi only squat mm-hmm. and stand and the Romulans are much too dignified to do squatting yeah so I feel like I need to create an evolutionary tree diagram from like squatting to standing that's like Ferengi on one end mm-hmm. and like
1: <laughs> Romulans on the other Can we like map that yeah. baby out? It'll be like the evolution of man, but with like all the aliens from TNG, that could be yes. cool. <laughs> I, I could be down for that. So here's <laughs> what I think what they were trying to portray because when we go to um, Commander Tomalak, we see that he is that dignified, you know, kind of yes. sneaky, deceptive person. Yep. And when we go to Bahra, he's very like, what are you doing? I am in charge. And you're like, yes. what is with the whole? But here's the thing. They describe later on about how the, um, electromagnetic storm that's going on on the planet wreaks, wreaks havoc on the nervous system, which does depend yes. on electro electronic pulses in our body. Yep. So it's kind of like action okay, potentials. Sense. Yeah. So what they're saying is that his body's being broken down from so much exposure. And that's why he's squatting and shaking. And that's why his lips look all funny. That's why his voice sounds weird is because his body is breaking down. And later on, Jordy realizes that as he starts to look at him through the visor and he goes, uh, uh, oh, like some yeah. weird stuff's going on with your heart body. rate is messed up. Yeah. And then, yeah, he, you're and right. then when they kind of later on the kind of escape, he's like, can you stand? And he's like, I don't know. So I think that's why he's squatting and doing all that stuff is because mm. his body's just like, he's been there for so much longer, which is not that much oh, longer. Right. They've probably been there just for like an hour longer, but, but long enough for him to be like all messed up because the guy who's on sick bay has all those same symptoms. And yeah, he's you're right. You're right. At his, he's, you know, on his last leg. Yes. Well, as as Jordy, as poor Jordy is about to get
0: blasted again with his phaser um, in the second time in as many episodes, mm-hmm. um, a rockfall occurs and the Romulan is knocked out. And instinct number one is when your captor is knocked unconscious. You kick the weapon away from them and you get the hell out of there. But Jordy is it's like his
1: weapon, he should have just taken
0: it back. Oh, take <laughs> like, it back. But well, he also had, <laughs> he had a phaser, he did take Jordy's phaser, but he also had a disruptor.
1: Yeah. So I was both. like,
0: take the take the weapons, and now the tables are turned. Yes. But Jordy's dumbass helps him into a cave and then is immediately taken hostage again. I was like,
1: Come yes. on, Jordy. Yeah, come on. I this also thought so that was really dumb. That was really dumb. It was right there in his hand, like. Yes, help him to safety, do the right thing, be ethical, but first take his disruptor. Take that first. I it
0: was very elitist of, like, humans to be writing the human characters, like, even when the chips are down, he'll still help you because that's how selfless we are. Bullshit. Kick the weapon out of his hand, take it, probably knock him unconscious with the phaser, and, like, get the hell out of there. That's, you know, and then once you get back to the bridge... You could be like, there's a man down there. I stunned him. You know, whatever. Who knows what's you know, going they, on with him now. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. But no, Geordi's immediately taken hostage again like a dumbass. And I was like, come on, man. <laughs> this is, come on, Geordi. You're so much better than this. Mm-hmm. So much better than this. Um, But it is what it is, Like What's for the really story. nice
1: about these the scene with Geordi and Bahra in the cave is that we get a lot more character development of the Romulans. So far, all we've seen is that like dignified... You know, kind of more subtle threats that they yeah. usually give. Yeah. But here we see what's behind the subtle threats because this guy mm-hmm. doesn't have the capacity at this point to be all subtle and dignified. He's just like, you're a dog and you're going to be extinct and we hate your guts and all this stuff. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, that's the Romulans we, that's what everybody thinks Romulans are like. But yeah. they always come across so suave. And so what I like about that is kind of the dichotomy between, um, Tomalak and and bakra where you see like the outside what they show to people Mm -hmm. to try to seem like they're so diplomatic and they're in the wrong and they're the victims in this scenario and the inside of how they really feel about other people and other races and how they really think and it's like it's just very fascinating that is
0: actually a really interesting dichotomy
1: um i heard
0: or read once years ago this great piece of advice if you want to know what a person is like do not observe them as they're treating like their superiors or their equals Mm -hmm. watch how they treat those who they see as lower than them. Mm -hmm. And if you see someone being an asshole to like waiters or whatever, you know, there's poor, poor waiters and waitresses, like just get shit on so much. And it's Mm -hmm. so unfair. Um, but that's like a great measure of a person. It's like, how do you treat those that you see are like, quote unquote, below you? Or that and you this somehow is actually, have power over. Mm-hmm. Yes, and this is exactly what that is. I think you might be right. This is, you know, the Romulans outwardly are very refined and subtle in their threats, but they stand their own ground. And then here, this man, Centurion Bakra, which by the way, Centurion, oh, such a great like rank oh, or whatever that is. I was like, Centurion. Yeah, a great that's- title. It's, it is a great title, um, but as Bacras got Geordi hostage, he is treating him like a dog, and it's like, well, okay, so you're letting us peek behind the curtain of how mm-hmm. Romulans see other races, but back up on the Enterprise, Dr. Crusher finally finds a blood match in Lieutenant Worf, and he refuses to donate blood to save the Romulan, and behind the scenes, Michael Dorn said that he really um, loved this episode, even though Worf doesn't feature like super prominently, but he's, he's like pretty he, important. He's he like is, one he, of the most important characters in this episode. He really is. Um, and he said that he loved this episode because it like added a whole mile onto Worf's like backstory. Totally. Right? Like where mm-hmm. it's like before we saw a little bit of this and a little snippet of that. And we'd heard about, you know, the like Kittimer um, massacre massacre. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of all we knew. So now he's giving us more and he's refusing to donate the blood that will save the Romulan.
1: And I did think. And the way can... he put it was really nice too. Sorry, go ahead. I apologize. Well, I did
0: think there was, oh no, that's okay. I did think there was a duality between like, I could see Worf being like, I don't want to donate blood to save a person who belongs to a race that wiped out like my family. But I could also see him very much being like, it's the honorable thing to do. So I was really shocked that he, just flat out refuse.
1: Well, see, I don't think, I mean, okay. So as humans, we're like, like Beverly, you've got to do everything you can to save a dying person or Mm Jordi. I know you just held me at gunpoint, but let's bring you into the cave into safety. Oh man, you're holding me at gunpoint again. Right. But Worf is a Klingon. They don't do stuff like that. Like if you're an enemy and you die, that's honorable. If you die in battle, that is honorable. And if they kill you, it's honorable for both of you like you were honorable to take their life they were honorable to die in battle like that's the that's really the right thing yeah and so when he says that that these the romulans are responsible for killing my parents so to think that the very blood of my mother and father that runs through my veins yeah. is going to save his life and he took them from me i just i refuse i refuse and i was just like that actually makes a lot of sense to me because of how klingon's view like bloodlines and all that stuff it's like just the, yeah. So I felt like that he would not think saving that Gan's life was honorable in the Klingon tradition. Like that wouldn't, that wouldn't make sense to me. Um, and then, and I thought he had a really good point. I mean, I don't know what I would do in his situation, but I thought he had a really good point. And then when later on, he's like, kind of, you know, Beverly calls him in to sick bay to like guilt trip him into donating And it's like, he's about to die. I want you to see what your lack of action is going to do and all that stuff, which I thought was like, not super ethical. It's like, that's not cool. Like if he's already said no, and you're just trying to guilt trip him and manipulate him, like you're better than that, Bev. Yeah, she is. Anyway. So he's there staring down at him. And by the way, you're trying to guilt trip Worf about someone dying when he thinks dying is honorable. Like this is the wrong. It doesn't work. It's the wrong tact. Yeah. yeah. And so anyways, and then, and then the guy just pulls him closer and is like, I want my hands around your throat while I die. And I wouldn't want to pollute my blood with your filthy Klingon blood. And again, we're seeing like the real, the real Romulans here. Yeah. And yeah. I just thought to myself, that almost makes me want to donate, like want him to donate just to be like, and I saved your life and you you've got my blood in you because forever.
0: My because blood of my mercy. In your body. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like I almost was like, Ooh, that'd be really good. Like that'd be really spiteful, but yeah.
0: But I thought, I thought Worf's sense of duty would compel him to save this man's life because knowing, as Picard so aptly put it, knowing that this could save this Romulan's life and if he died, there is now a death that could have been prevented by Starfleet and the Federation and wasn't, that might be enough to trigger the Romulans into right, acts war. of war, which could result in the deaths of thousands or millions of people. So I think
1: which I is why like Worf would said, have... Which is why Worf said, I will do it if you order me. Mm. Right. If you order me, I that's will good, follow my duty point. and I will do it. So if you give me an order, I will absolutely do it. Right. For that reason, like I'm going to yes. obey you. And so then Picard's like, don't want to order you. So he's like, well, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Yes.
0: Well, th- this is, this is why I want <clears throat> to rename this episode. What the hell Worf? Because I just thought, oh my God, this guy is just a cold blooded, you know, Klingon who's like, yeah, I'm going to watch you die. And I won't feel any sort of way about it. Um, but down on the surface, Jordy and Bakra's bodies are failing in different ways. And they kind of work to get, they start realizing like the only way we're going to get out of this is if we work together. And there are times where your ideals are worth dying over, but really do you think this is one of those times? Mm-hmm. And Bakra's like, yeah, I guess not. So they come up with this mm-hmm. idea to connect the visor and the tricorder to find the neutrino pulse. And Jordy, as they start moving, Jordy has gone completely blind. And this was where I was
1: like, right, oh, my God, kind of his visor cut out. And so he can no longer yes. use it. But before yes. his visor cuts out, he says to Bahra, Um, without this visor, I'll be blind. And when he said that, I was like, no, don't tell him that. He's yeah, your enemy. That's like I, that's like I, data talking about his fucking off switch. That's literally what I wrote in my notes. I was like, this is <laughs> data all over. Don't tell him your weakness. Especially not, not this guy. Nope. But um, no, nope. in the end, it actually turned out fine because they found a new, novel solution to use his visor with another piece of technology with the tricorder in mm-hmm. order to get both out of there. So I was like, okay, it actually ended up being good. But when he said it, I was just like, don't, no, 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 that. don't do that, don't do that. Yeah, anything. don't even tell him your name. He doesn't <laughs> need to know. You know.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, they they end up you know um, they end up working together and creating, like you said, this novel technology and up on the ship. Worf has detected that the Romulan ship has crossed into Federation space and Picard does what is, in my opinion, the best red alert I've ever seen from the captain. It's resigned. It's ready. He's like, come what may, we are now in the soup. Mm-hmm. Red alert. It was mm-hmm. so good. I just thought it was so great. Um, and Bacra and Jordi are able to find the neutrino pulse and Jordy's helping Bacra walk and is mm-hmm. helping geordie see so it becomes this symbiotic like desire to survive mm-hmm. um and it becomes this like first human romulan like cooperation co- moment. yeah cooperation mm-hmm. exactly um and while this is all happening like you said the captain does beseech Worf to reconsider and he still says no and you can see picard is just so disappointed
1: he's like god damn it man like you're Okay. He's like, this could start a war, and I have to respect you and your body. I can't force you to give up a part of your body. Right. Which I thought, I was like, I wonder, because at first I was like, you can't tell someone what they can and can't do with their body. I don't care what the scenario is. I mean, not at Mm. least as not as Americans. Yeah. But in the the military, it's clearly America. Right. Yeah. Right. But then I thought, but in the military, Mm, Privacy is a different a different thing. <laughs> yeah, your body is not really your own anymore. I mean, right. your so sent like, to die. You're sent to whatever force you to do stuff. So yeah, I don't know. They could. Like, they could order they? you two. Why couldn't they just order him? Yeah, and they could have ordered still, him, and he would have done it.
0: Yep. And he's and he still says no. And this was after he went to Riker for like some counsel, and Riker was like, "It's not my job to tell you what I think you should do. Like, what I think doesn't matter. But <clears throat> do you blame all Romulans for the death of your family?" And Worf's like, "Yes." And Riker goes. For how long, you know, because if this Romulan dies, is his family going to now take up the torch and have this bitterness for another.
1: And then, yeah, exactly. Like
0: Mm -hmm. another generation of like bitterness. So as Worf says for the last time, like, no, I will not donate blood. Picard does come over to Beverly and say, we're not to ask him anymore to donate blood. Mm -hmm. And Beverly says, well, we don't need to because the Romulan has died. And I went, Oh, my God. Worf straight up let this man die. Like, that is so not what I expected Mm. at all. And I did read that behind the scenes at the table read when that was revealed, there was an audible gasp among the cast, the crew, like everyone. They were like, he let... (gasps) Like he let him die. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. That was a, that was a really heavy moment. I was like, holy shit. Worf just stared at Romulan in the face and just let him die with his inaction. His like calculated inaction. Um, so I was like, good Lord, this is going to be really bad between like human and Romulan. <laughs> like, yep. like, here we go. Relations. Yeah. Yeah. And the Romulan ship, of course, approaches a minute after this fucker died. And upon hearing about the death of the crewmate, they power up weapons Mm -hmm.
1: and getting ready to, like, have this showdown. It's exactly what Picard said. This was just an excuse they were looking for. Exactly. Go back to war. And they got their they got their reason.
0: They got their wish. Yeah. And just as they're about to do this, Wesley gets the signal from Geordi. And Riker says we can't transport it with the shields up. And I was like, Sharice, you want to take it from here?
1: That's what I wrote in my notes.
0: That's what I wrote in my notes. I wrote Sharice question
1: mark, question mark, question mark. Sometimes they can and sometimes they can't. In this scenario, they can't. Um and but they do have this, <laughs> they do have this little window in the electronic store, in the in electromagnetic store that allows them to beam things in and out. And as we've seen before, this window is very short. And thankfully they happen to remodulate the beam during one of these brief beam out windows. Yeah. So they've got like, you know, seconds or minutes. I think it was a couple mm-hmm. minutes maybe to be able to beam them out. And they notice like, oh, there's another life sign with Geordi. And they're like, mm, they, we they already believe that there was a second, at least a second Romulan on yeah. that planet yep. from how severely the Romulans were saying there was only one person. They were like, okay, so yeah. there's definitely at least two. Um, so then Picard go like hails the, the Romulan ship and says, we have some more news. There is a second Romulan apparently on the planet. How was there a second Romulan on the single person Romulan? ship? Yeah. Channel? On your one man ship that wasn't even supposed to be here anyway. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, Oh, it was a calculation error or whatever. So and you're smooth. just like, Oh, you know, and then Picard just lays out everything. Which I was surprised by because I don't remember I don't remember how this episode ended either, Um, and I was surprised by that because I thought he was going to be like, oh, psych, your one guy didn't die. We found him, and it was going to be that guy. Like they were just going to do a -a swaparoo. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what I thought. Even though that that ruse
0: that ruse would have lasted about two seconds because the Romulans up and knew that they had like multiple people down there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that wouldn't have been the the smart move. But that's what I thought he was going to do. But he doesn't. He just lays out every single thing. Here's what happened. Here's what we saw. Here's what's going on now. Mm -hmm. Can you explain this? You know, and it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, of course, they have an explanation for everything. And then Picard's like, you know what? We've got to we can either go to war and get rid of this peace that we've had for however long they've had peace with the Romulans. Some years, at least. Yeah, some years. We can either just start this whole thing all over and have a lot of people die. Or we can start trusting each other in this moment and not let this be the incident that sets it all off. Yes, I'm going to lower my shield and take the first move and come what may. And that was kind of like a hold your breath moment because the Romulans were looking for an excuse to fight anyways. They could have easily blown the ship up and also destroyed whoever was on the planet and -hmm. then just told their version of the story. Yes. Yes,
0: they absolutely could have, absolutely could have, and and Picard does give this fantastic monologue about trust and whatnot, and lowers the shields and has Jordi and Bachra beamed directly onto the bridge. So while see? keeping
1: the hailing frequencies open, yes, yeah, so, so it's like I want them hear to hear everything. this. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, um, also I need this live streamed and saved up in the cloud. So if there's any question about what happened, <laughs> there's a record. Um, and the Romulan captain Tomalock sees Bakra as unharmed and accepts Picard's offer to return Bakra and escort them back to Romulan space.
1: And so Picard, smart. we're gonna make sure you guys get right back over that border. Get the fuck out we of don't here. You know what you guys exactly. get lost on your way out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, right? Um, even though the ship is
0: like three times the size of the Enterprise, but they're like, well, will just gonna go ahead and escort you out. I love how directly Captain Picard says to Tomaloc, your man that is aboard that we've been trying to save, like he's dead. He." didn't want to have to tell him, but when it really came down to it, he was fine pulling that trigger. He's like, where's Mm -hmm. our man? He's like, he's dead. He did not survive. Mm -hmm. Um, but luckily, you know, they got this sort of like mulligan a little bit where it's like, Oh, we found one more Romulan who wasn't fucking supposed to be there. And Mm -hmm. now we've got him. So we're going to return him to you. And, and, you know, Tomalak says, have you been mistreated? Have you been, you know, tell me, give me a little spark and I will give me a reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and Bakra's like, i have not been mistreated i didn't say anything but i haven't been mistreated um and so and picard, this human saved my life yes by the way yes not that that would matter to the romulans but not at all what, I, dramatically it was satisfying so picard asks geordi to escort bakra to transporter room one so they can get him aboard the romulan ship and then they can along get the with Romans out Worf, there. because yes. you need to keep
1: your eyes on these people because yep like picard is like the opposite <laughs> right The robulins have done nothing but lie from the second you see them. Every single one of them lied. And Picard is being like fully, fully transparent in every way. Yes. So like, yeah, escort him out and make sure he gets there. We don't want him to get lost in our ship either. Well,
0: number one... You just beamed him onto the bridge. Just beam him from the bridge back to the fucking Romulan ship. Why are we Seriously. doing all this shit? Also, number two, hasn't Jordy been through enough? Why are you making him escort the dude to transfer? There's Can a you go to thousand eleven and then go 11 take a shower. other people. Yeah. Also, yeah. he is caked in mud. So you know there's going to be mud on the carpet all the way to transporter room one. Come on now. Yeah. We don't need any of that. We yeah, don't need true. any of that. You just get him off just, the fucking just beam ship. Beam
1: him from the bridge to the other just... ship's bridge
0: in a second. But whatever. So that's, whatever. I mean, that's where it ends. What are your final thoughts on this as we wrap up this episode?
1: I thought this episode was just beautifully done. It was just beautifully done. Like the writing was good. The story was good. The makeup, the set, I mean, everything was just really spectacular. Another A++. I I agree. I agree. I would give it
0: a higher A+, if I could remember this episode. But I felt (laughs) like it was a treat that I got to have like a new episode to watch Mm -hmm. um, because I don't remember ever watching it as an adult and I might have seen it as a kid and then just completely forgotten about it. Like mm-hmm. you said it is forgettable, but mm-hmm. it gives us wonderful character development. Um so I, this one was a a thrill. This one was really a thrill to um to watch. So I I was really I was really all about it. Sharice, I love doing this with you.
1: Next week we are breaking down season 3 episode 8 entitled The Price. That name means nothing to me. So I'm looking forward to seeing what this episode was. <laughs> I know what it is and it's, it's a, um, it's a good one,
0: but there's, I think we're going to have a lot of comments about what's happening in the story. Um, but thank you so much for listening, everyone. We, we love having you be a part of our journey and we'll see y'all next week.
1: Bye. Thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at the TNG to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.